0: If you're ready for freedom from the grind, then passive income from real estate investing is the best way to get you there. If you don't know where to start or what to do next, then the Rent Roll Radio Show is the best place to get you there. Join us while we discuss the best practices, strategies, and mindset you'll need and give you actionable content to get you from where you are to where you want to be. We Roll Radio listeners, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host Sterling Chapman. Today, we're joined by a special guest and a good friend of mine, David Abarka. David, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me,
0: David. Do you want to uh, tell your story for our listeners that uh, that don't know you, what you were doing before real estate, uh, how you got into real estate, and what you're doing today?
1: Sure. I got into real estate in 2003 when I got to my first uh, ship, my first command when I was in the Navy. Uh, I was walking around with a friend of mine complaining about having to sleep on a ship and live on a sh- ship. And <laughs> he mentioned to me, he goes, man, you should just buy a house and rent out the rooms to, to the other guys on the ship. And I was like, man, that's a good idea. You know, my dad always telling me to, to do something like that, to buy some real estate or or some kind of investments, you know, and because and, uh, he had a couple of properties himself. And uh, so I gave him a call right there and then, and I told him, You know what what the plan was and he said of course he would support me and help me out in any way i set out found the the cheapest house in the best neighborhood i could find uh that i could afford at that time i didn't know that what a va loan was but apparently i qualified for one because i was in the military and i didn't know what house hacking was but apparently that's what i was going to start doing uh i didn't know anything about flipping but i was going to fix this crappy house up and and sell it for more than i bought it for and i didn't know anything about burning, but come to find out I could refinance the house and I was in the middle of, of doing all this stuff, you know, and, and that's what I did. You know, I fixed up the the house. and My my dad ended up flying up to just kind of help out for a little bit and we ended up building two more rooms and adding two more rooms to the house. Uh, I remember talking to some bank who called me and said something about, you know, refining the house and that's what started, man. Uh, once I sold that house, I came back home, bought a couple more properties, little mobile home lots and um, put some mobile homes on them. Fix those up a little bit and up lease optioning those, bought a f- nice. few more. Ended up, uh, my dad wanted to sell his, his restaurant and his, his building that it was in that had four apartments in it. And, you know, funny thing is I didn't even want to, the apartments at the time. Uh, <laughs> I really am so glad now that I did take the apartments. And uh, that's kind of how I've gone. You know, now I'm uh, partnering up with some people and buying more and more properties and fixing them up and renting them.
0: Awesome. So you're, you're still primarily burning properties. You're not flipping them. Is that, that's your main kind of go-to strategy is is working with. Yes, uh, kind I of am burning
1: properties burying. and, uh, and the reason being, it has been very, the one property we just tried to flip it. It fell out of contract twice. Uh, the, the buyers are spooked by inspection, you know, the, the electrical this or the plumbing that uh, nothing okay. major, but it just scares some people. And, we ended up lease optioning that house uh we're actually going to be you know wrapping that up here really soon and we have been buying some properties in some lower income neighborhoods to to fix up and rent
0: nice nice and are you what what lower income neighborhoods are you
1: in uh North Baton Rouge
0: in that okay, area cool mm-hmm. cool cool yeah, yeah we know that we know the area well you'll you That's should, right. uh, you should see our guys uh stomping around Brookstown rolling four deep in camo uh Cressworth hats
1: <laughs> I'll be looking out for them.
0: <laughs> um, well, cool, man. So, so I'm with you with the with the the flips. I've got a few that you know I'm con- considering converting to to burrs just until the market changes. Because you know, like 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 you'd mentioned, you, you know we've had some deals fall out of contract a few times and those same deals would not have fallen out of contract in 2022. Like they just wouldn't have, like people would have been like, yeah, that's cool. And they're like, you know, cause of the supply and the interest rates. Whereas today buyers are just being more and more picky and um, the burr allows you to kind of kick the can down the road to maybe sell when it's a better market. So that that's a great strategy that the beef I've got, I've had with it lately is, and, and I say the beef with the burr strategy. I mean, I built my whole Whole portfolio that way, so I love it. But with interest rates today, it's 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 difficult, um, you know, to get them to cash flow like they were before. So most of the houses in my rental portfolio are are you know somewhere between a a three point seven five and a five point two five. Whereas I can't on, on a thirty year right, and and today right. I, I can't find anything under a seven percent interest rate on a twenty year AM with a, you know, with a small local bank. So, and, and at that, at, at those numbers, it's it's just hard to cash flow. Unless, right, been, unless you're in North Baton Rouge where right. everything- We've got around seven and a
1: half to 8% on most of our uh, cash out refis. And luckily, man, I, I partnered up with my contractor uh, who's able to keep my my construction costs very, very low, you know, and he's able to do it as, at the lowest price possible for us. You know, and we're partnered together. I, I fund it, he fixes it. And then we awesome. uh we split everything 50-50, you
0: know. Oh cool. And and how long has that relationship been going on?
1: Uh that started at the beginning of this year. You know, I, I met him oh, last cool. year when we when we did slap a roof on a property in New Orleans, and then uh my contractor fell his business fell apart when I had in New Orleans. Uh, so I called this guy and my partner Jonathan now, uh, uh and Jonathan Gordillo with Wild Buck Construction, yeah, and he uh, you know, we just kind of got to talking, kind of became more and more friendly. You know, we uh, passed him a couple of jobs and then, you know, he, he found a few deals and he was like, Hey, do you want to partner up on this? And I was like, uh, yeah, cause I suck at the rehab part. So nice. why don't you help me out <laughs> and I'll help you out with the money. And nice, uh, that's nice. how it's been going, you know,
0: awesome. How many deals have y'all locked up this year?
1: Five deals, six wow. with another partner also.
0: Awesome. And how are they how are they cash flowing? Like what's the what is the the kind of the play here? Is this is it like one of those, hey, I just want to own real estate so it'll pay it down long term type of thing? Or, or or are you getting real like um meaningful cash flow out of it?
1: Uh we're getting about two to three hundred because we're also gonna manage our properties ourselves. He manages his own properties. Um so we're able to kind of get a little bit extra out of each one, you know, keeping the rehab costs low, him managing the property also. You know, the section eight rentals, stuff like that, have been able to give us somewhere between two and three hundred a piece on each property that we bought, you know.
0: So my question to you, I heard this on a bigger pockets podcast a long time ago, or maybe maybe it was like one of Brandon Turner's books. But they were like, you should always underwrite management in, even if you're gonna self-manage, because at some point you're not gonna want to self-manage, right? right? Yes. Um, and, and, and I promise you that day will come <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you don't want to self manage. Um, so what is your, I mean, what, what is your plan there for, you know, that eats into cash flow and then you, then you've kind of got to, then you got to reposition yourself. So uh, at what point do you plan on turning over to management or do you never plan on turning over to management?
1: Or we don't, your- we have been talking about starting a property management company because we are getting up there in property. Like Between his properties he owned before and properties that I own before, uh, we're starting to get up there in units. And we have been talking about starting a property management company to, to run our, our stuff. He is a, a licensed agent. He's uh, just a few months away from getting his broker's license. Um, and that's kind of where we're at. That's kind of the long-term plan there to just push it all into this new company that we're going to start.
0: Awesome. So, like, it's a vertically integrated real estate investment firm. Exactly, Where like, like my friend do
1: Sterling it. does.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a bad idea. Uh, great minds, yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. Um, well, hey, man, whenever, whenever y'all are ready, uh, we could, we could certainly help y'all on the on the property management side, and we'd love for for some some help on the construction side. So let's let's get together uh, on let's that. Definitely do that and compare notes because we, we, you know, when we built our property management company, we, we spent tens of thousands of dollars on a consultant to, to come in and build it out properly. And, um, and I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to do that again this week with a construction company, just from a cash Mm -hmm. outlay perspective. But I I feel like if I, if I knew somebody else who was running a construction company, I could probably get that information. (laughs) There you go. Definitely trade notes on Yeah so what's uh so what's what's next from there? Like what what's your what's your kind of three year plan there?
1: Man that's a that's a good question, you know. Like I keep trying to get like go into multifamily and try to push myself in that direction. Um but I keep kind of coming back to these single family deals that keep coming across my my plate, you know, and uh, the local deals and stuff like that. I do want to start buying some smaller multifamily and by smaller I mean like 10 units, 20 units. Ooh. And places like Atlanta, the Dallas's, the Houston. I've p- I mostly picked Atlanta because I can get there pretty quickly. Right. Um, and that's kind of the, the long-term plan, you know, just trying to push myself in that direction to continue doing that, to grow, to push myself.
0: So let me ask you this. Why? You said small multifamily units, and you said 10 to 20 units. Why, why did you pick 10 to 20 unit apartment complexes?
1: It's because it's what I can afford myself right now. And I do mm-hmm. want to buy something a little bit bigger, either with myself or my my immediate partners, uh, before I still go asking people for money and make sure that I can do it myself. And once that happens, once I'm kind of clear and I can, all right, I know I can do this, man, then I'll start asking around for other people's money. you know. And I don't want to do that yeah. until I'm absolutely positive I can do it yeah, with my yeah, own.
0: For sure. For sure. Uh, I've never lost anybody else's money, but I've lost a good bit of my own. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> in the last year. Um uh, no, that's <clears throat> I mean that that that's you know that's very that's a very you know kind of noble approach to the subject matter. A Couple thing couple of pushback items I would have for you um just from my experience in the in the apartment complex you know buying community which you're very well versed you're an investor of mine in one of my my communities mm-hmm. um is is one one thing is um, smaller smaller properties have have management constraints because they can't um, they can't support full-time staff right so if right. you get a, a hundred plus unit like the financials of that at a, at a decent cap rate the financials of that hundred plus unit apartment complex are going to support uh, an on-site you know leasing agent and an one-site maintenance person like it's gonna it's gonna pay its own bills it's going to support it when you get into a 20 30 unit you you're not you, you can't have one site. So you've got this like fractional, you get this fractional model of like people that really don't like it's not quite single family, but it's not quite multifamily. Like, right. if, if you call a multifamily, like if you call 99 like multifamily apartment complex manager, like property managers, 99 of them are going to tell you, like, I'm not, I'm not interested in managing your 20 unit unless it's three blocks away from my my other, you know, several apartment complexes. So when you get into fractional management and in other markets, it becomes complicated. Like we, we ran into that issue in, in, in Rock Hill, we ran into the issue in Noonan where it was like our property manager was fine when they had other assets in the area, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense for them to be in the area with, with a smaller asset. You know, you buy, you can buy a hundred plus unit apartment complex across the country and just hire the staff and place them on site and do the rest of it you know electronically from from here but um you, when you you run into complications with the smaller unit so that's that's my my first comment on on that that idea because i hear it a lot because it's just a natural it's just a natural progression in people's heads right like i'll buy some single family houses i'll you know the people that want to start, I'm going to wholesale and then I'm going to flip and then I'm going to buy rentals and then I'm going to buy apartments or, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to start with a fourplex and then I'm going to go to a 10plex and then I'm going to do a hundred, but, you know, but it it's, it's just, it doesn't, in my opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of other, you know, successful investors I've spoken to, it's not quite that linear, you know, because, right. because of the complications and, and, and you said, I don't want to raise money until I've proven that I can prove a concept on it with my own money. Well, I mean, why don't you just partner with somebody who's done it a bunch of times, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's one way that, that you can make sure that your investors money is safe, you know, without you right. actually having to do it. You know what I mean? Like, dude, my that partner is other, that my partners are way smarter than me. Yeah. Like 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 my partners in, in Virginia, like Chris Collins, Parkson, they are way smarter than me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Like 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 they do they do a lot of the heavy lifting. And I mean, I am so confident when I ask for capital because I know that they're thinking of things that I'm not even thinking of. Right. Um, so I mean, that that would be one way to kind of skip the Cause what you're going to end up with a, a 20 unit. Another thing is I don't know about other areas of the country, but if you've noticed in like Louisiana, the, like how the zoning is like they, they don't have like decent 20 unit complexes, like next to Bocage, right? Like right. A 20 of 10 unit apartment complexes probably going to be in a pretty rough area. Yeah. You know? So, so you've got all of those complications. So, I mean, I, I always say like, don't limit yourself. Like you could absolutely, like there's, I don't recommend it. There is plenty of people out there, especially in the last three years who've never bought a single family house, but gone and bought a hundred plus unit apartment complex. I mean, uh, again, I don't, I don't, I don't recommend it. Like I'm I'm not Michael Blanc. I'm not a guru. I'm not sitting here saying, skip the flip, just go buy a hundred unit apartment complex tomorrow. Because I mean, I don't think that's necessarily maybe the most responsible approach either. But, um, but I do think that you could, I I do think you could build cr- credibility in the single family space and you, and, and then partner with someone who has credibility in the multifamily space and just kind of skip that, that 10 to 30 awkward stage. Right. And just go straight into like one of the, one of the larger, uh that has more economies of scale that you could take advantage of more so right
1: you know i had a conversation with matt faircloth and he told me something very similar you know yeah. and i'm thinking of like brandon turner is always talking about the stack you know like buy a two then four next year then right. eight then 16 and kind of go like that you know and then you know i actually did have a conversation with matt faircloth like i said and he was saying something similar he's like man trying to manage 20 units is uh it's tough and i recommend not doing it <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> And that's what he and he was honest, you know. He's pretty much exactly what you said, and I have thought a lot about the, the partnership, you know. Going to these conferences that I've run a few times at, you know, is uh, partner shopping, you know, and especially, yeah. you know, trying to see what we can do.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I always say with the partner and like you know, shops. I, I lucked out with I lucked out with my partners. I mean, like I said, all three of them are smarter than I am. Like all three of them are harder working than I am. I, I always feel like I always joke like I'm the it, I'm I'm the kid in the, the group that uh they got the same grade as everybody else but but uh, didn't do as much of the work. Um, <laughs> she did off everyone. And, yeah, yeah. I mean and, and I I joke like that, but um I mean I'm sure I'm I'm certain that behind my back the, they would tell you things where places where I had value as well. But but partner shopping is something that you need to be very intentional about. But a lot of people have a tendency to just want to partner up with their friends. And that's just not a good approach. Um, What you need to do is find somebody who has value and can bring value. So the way, the way that like my partnerships worked with, with my partners is like, like I was already raising capital. Like people were already giving me money. I just didn't have the bandwidth or or attention span or, or whatever to sit there and underwrite. You know, apartment complexes all day. It's just like a very, very like labor intensive, like, you know, just technical work that I, I'm just, that's just not my personality profile. Right. Like I'm a, I run around and, and and talk to people. I don't sit in front of Excel documents for eight hours a day. Like, it's just not how I was built. Well, that's how my partner was built. And, and he loves doing that but you get him in front of a camera or in front of a stranger. And he's like, uh, you know what I mean? Like he just, eh. but he spent seven years working for like one of the top private equity firms in the country. And then he spent another several years at a boutique private equity firm that does managing billions of dollars in real estate. So like he knows the numbers, like the back of his hand, he can build, I always say he can build spreadsheets, like Elsa builds snowman, like just there you go. It's a financial model you know what I mean? But, you know, so, so we, 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 we complement each other very well, you know, and that's what you need to look for in a partner. Like I knew he, it's not like, Hey, we're friends. I think you're cool. You think I'm cool. Let's go learn how to, I'll go learn how to raise capital and you go learn how to underwrite and we can be partners. Like, I don't think that's a great approach. I think a better approach would be, Hey, you're really great at underwriting and I'm really great at raising capital. Like, if we put these things together, we could, you know, go buy some deals right. together. or, Hey,
1: you're really good at the rehab and I'm pretty good right. at raising capital.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, so what is the, what is the, I guess the question, the first question is what's next for you? And you said, well, well, I don't really know. So what's the first next step to figure out what's next for you? Uh,
1: the first next step is kind of clean up what I'm doing right now. I do have two awful flips in new orleans that i need to get wrapped up uh the very first property i bought in may of last year the first property i bought last year in may is still going and the second property i bought in july is also still going uh every other property i bought since it is either done or you know almost done and these two properties
0: i was looking at my board the other day i was like I was like, Jonathan, how did we buy Wakefield on September 14th? Like, it's not even September yet. He goes, Yeah, that was of 2022. I'm like, yeah. Oh, shit. We shouldn't have that anymore.
1: <laughs> right. And it's been permit issues. I mean, these are two full gut rehabs. This is what I started to yeah. start with last year. And, um, oh, these. I mean, tunneling under the slab, everything.
0: Oh, but, yeah. Um, New Orleans is funky. I don't even go into New Orleans. I have enough of a headache in Metairie in Jefferson Parish with all of the, uh, all the bedrock, all the, the sand that washes out from the slabs. I mean, that, Oh yeah,
1: those are terrible. I I, I walked one and I ended up getting seasick in the house. My foundation was so (laughs) messed up. (laughs) No. Yeah. Last year, you know, wrapping those up and taking care of them and getting them out of my life some one way or another is is the you know that next step to get that capital back and be able to figure out okay now i can go i can bring this this all this capital to someone talk to them partner up and let's try to make something happen in, in bigger space you know rather than these one at a time little little houses
0: sure so you're you're thinking just abandon single family altogether and go dive head first straight into multifamily.
1: Right, and not altogether. I'd probably keep a few, you know buy a house here and there, and here in Baton Rouge, you right. know, staying staying local, kind of like my of like my friend Sterling here, you know.
0: You know, I've had, the, and I asked Matt. It's so funny you brought up Matt Faircloth because uh, the last time I saw, I think there's maybe a second last time I saw Matt. I asked him about that because, like, I always feel like I have an ongoing identity crisis because every other real estate guy out there, they're either the apartment guy or they're the single family guy, right? Like, some variation of that, right? And I've just always done both, and 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 I don't know what to tell you. I just, I just do both. Like, you know, sometimes it takes a year to find a good apartment deal, and I flip twenty houses in that time. You know what I mean? Like, I just do both, so it's it's just kind of ongoing identity crisis of. And I just don't, I don't like that you feel like you have to quit one to do the other, but I asked Matt that because I thought Matt still did both. And I was like, well, how do you handle your branding around that? And he goes, I don't, and he goes, I actually just quit doing single families altogether. So, oh, yeah. I mean, Matt, you know, Matt's got a, a bigger following than I do right mm-hmm. with, with his books and his bigger pockets relationships and all that kind of stuff. So like, I, I I'd imagine that like, he can do that. Right. Cause, cause all he does is just get on talk shows all day long and, and, and his machine raises capital and he puts it into deals with great operators. Right. Like, so right. like that machine works more flawlessly for, for him than it does for me, because he, you know, he, I got 200 followers on YouTube and he's got 20,000, right. It makes a difference. So, right, I like
1: this stuff too, man. Like I would get bored if I was just sitting around waiting for the next deal, you know, I don't mean sitting around, you know,
0: but right.
1: I would be bored. I, I like doing this. I like getting out there and, you know, messing around with these houses and fixing them up and, you know, talking to my wife and be like, what do you think of this color? And, I, and she's, you know, she's right. good at that stuff, you know?
0: I don't, oh, dude, I, I can't, I, I'm terrible. I, can't I picked out, I picked out colors one time. It was, it was terrible. To, I, I don't, <laughs> my contractor lives in the house now. I wish he would go ahead and paint it because i'm so embarrassed (laughs) at how bad it looks but i picked it out and it's like bird shit yellow like i I was going for like tan i don't even know what happened right but it's it's like it's a beautiful house except for it's like yellow like that like the exterior paint is yellow and i was like yeah no nobody ever let me pick the colors again (laughs) (laughs) and now now we pretty much just paint everything the same color
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's something I picked up from, you know, some of the other flippers that, have, you know, either written books or, you know, podcasts, you know, just, man, just make it spreadsheet with all the materials you want in there and don't ever worry about it again. You know, just change it one thing here and there every once in a while, you know? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. We do that with our flip. So our, our realtor's wife is, does a lot of interior design. So she'll, she'll come in every few months and she'll be like, Hey, agreeable gray's out. We're using this cream now. Or, Oh, Hey, that light gray tile. That's that was, that was 2022. The new trend is this dark you know tile, but right. whatever she says, we just do it because that's I, what I use my wife for. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So real quick, I want to hop into our radio round just quick three quick questions to help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. The first one is what is your favorite book?
1: I don't have just one favorite book. Uh, I, I, I got to say at ones. least, yeah, I got to say at least three or four, you know, I got them written down right here. The first one is the book on real property, investing by Brandon Turner. Yeah. That's the one that uh, really got me going. That's the one that Same. when everybody talks about rich dad, poor dad, that's, that's yep. what did it for me. I, I haven't read rich dad, poor dad.
0: Really? Um, I read rich, I read rich dad, poor dad. And then I called my buddy who told me to read rich dad, poor dad. I was like, what do I do now? What do I do now? <laughs> like. Go download Bigger Pockets, and so I, like yeah. I went to their website and I ordered the book on rental property investing, and like like you said, uh, that's what did it for me. I actually uh, um, proposed to my wife playing the same song that he did in his little that the little oh, sort of story nice. he told in the book. I don't think she knows that. I don't think she's ever read the book, but now she knows. Where I got the idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. The other one, the, the bird book by David green, uh, crushing an apartments, commercial real estate, Brian Murray.
0: And, I, love it. Uh, I love crushing it. I never read the bird book because I'd already bird like 20 houses when it came out. Right. So, but, but I, 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 order them and I give them away all the time. Like when people come by and like one advice or whatever, I'm like, dude, this is what I do. Somebody wrote a book about it here. Just read it. Um,
1: bird book's great, but, man. Yeah.
0: Um, but the, uh, what was the other one you mentioned? Uh, crushing, crushing it crushing it i, I really yeah. liked crushing it that was <laughs> He's
1: great that's the first time i heard of, i was like where do these people get all this money from and yeah. he talked about you know doing cash out refis and stuff like that and i was like, oh how do i get it and yeah. then uh yeah the best ever book on syndication is another one and that's the one that's kind of got me going and all right i gotta get in these bigger deals
0: you know yeah that that's that was the that was the second big pivot in my life too you know rich dad in in, in Late 2017, early 2018 was Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Brandon Turner's book on rental property investing. And then late 2019 was when I read um, Jeff Fairless's book on best ever apartment syndication. It's when I started this show and kind of, you know, started going to conferences and that's when it kind of took off. But but yeah, man, that's 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 for sure. Uh, that's a that's a great stack right there uh, that you got. Yeah. What's your favorite quote?
1: Uh, assumption is the mother of all screw ups.
0: Nice. I've never heard that before.
1: Yeah, it, it's uh it's a little bit uh more rated R than that, but that's uh for the for the show, I was just gonna quote it like that.
0: I am gonna write that down and I'm gonna tell it to my guys like eight times a day.
1: Yeah, that's the one I but, use on my employees a lot, man. Like, but, hey, hey, Luke, did you check? Did you check? You know, <laughs> I them all the time. No. Well, how did you know then?
0: It's assumptions is the root of all F ups, I'm assuming.
1: It's the mother of all F ups, yes.
0: Yeah. I love it. What's your favorite thing to do outside of work?
1: Uh, I do triathlons. I like to run. I do jitsu. Travel, all those things.
0: Nice, nice. When uh, when was your last triathlon?
1: The last one was in was in May or April. Um, the next one though is coming up in October, doing the the half Ironman in October, and then the full in November.
0: Okay, and have you done a half yet?
1: Yes, I've done a half. The first triathlon I ever did for whatever reason I decided to start with a half because I thought it would be not that bad. Same. And it was it was Same. horrible. Same. And, uh, and I was definitely broken by the end of thought I was never gonna do another one. And then uh, slowly got back into it.
0: So my first one wasn't bad. It was my second one that killed me. My my second half. I never got to the full because I started buying real estate and having kids and now I I if I were to go on a six hour bike ride on a Saturday, I'd be divorced by the time I got home. <laughs> but uh like you know this was before the kids and everything when I was doing them I did a marathon earlier this year, but like triathlon's a different level. so the first one I did me and my brother went to New Orleans and waited in the rain for like three hours like with our wetsuits on before they canceled it. and Gosh. so then like on the way back on the drive back to Baton Rouge, I booked uh Austin it was in they had one in Austin like, two weeks from there. So I went and did the one in Austin and it was, it was good. Um, I really enjoyed it. And then the next one I did was maybe nine months later, but I I didn't train anymore. Like I, I was training for the one in Austin and it was Austin. So it was relatively flat. And then I got, I got cocky and I was like, I don't need to really train anymore, you know? And, and now, and the next one I did was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is like super, super high altitude in the mountains. Yeah. And so like, I remember at one point I was like, I was on my bike going like four miles an hour. I'm like, I didn't even know bicycles could go this slow without falling over. Like what's keeping it upright, like going up the hill, you know? And I remember on the run, I was like, I I was so delusional by the time I got to the run. I didn't know if I was going uphill or downhill anymore. And I finished like, like, next to last like i like i think like the cutoff like what's the cutoff on those things like eight hours and 30 minutes i finished in like eight hours and 15 or something like like i I was unprepared and just did not even respect the altitude and the incline the way i should have but uh
1: i I just did one of the mountain bike ones. It was in June when I did this. And I did I did back-to-back Olympic distance ones. And, man, I took my, my crappy mountain bike thinking it was just going to be, like, some fun little trails and, <laughs> and some hill in, in Waco, Texas. And it was so hard, man. Like, there was so routes everywhere. Are you did, doing like the one in Waco? You, I did. You, I did that gonna, was the mountain bike one I did.
0: Are you going to do the half in Waco?
1: No, I'm doing the half in no. uh, Memphis.
0: Uh, okay, because they moved the the one I did in Austin was the last year they did it in Austin. The next year, now it's in Waco every year. That's why I was thinking maybe you're doing the same race I did. Uh,
1: yeah, I tell you what, Waco's a nice little town, man. I, I was impressed when I was there. I didn't yeah. know it was that. I you know I just know about David Koresh. Right, the, right. All That's all you yeah. ever hear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Cause you're about to start raising money and buying big apartment buildings. So you're going to need a bunch of investors. And so they're all going to need to find you, follow you, get in touch with you. Well, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Well, I definitely need to do a better job of this uh, with the with the Facebook and social media and all that. But you can find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, my email is veteranpropertyinvestor1 at gmail.com. Uh, shoot me an email, man. I love to talk, I love real estate. So, you know, awesome. I have some some experience and I'm getting better and better and better at it. So let's let's talk.
0: Yeah, man. Sounds great. Awesome, David. Well, I really appreciate you joining the show. I look forward to, I'm assuming, seeing you at my meetup next week. Definitely. And and uh let's uh, let's just look forward to keeping up with each other on our journey. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Sterling. You got it. This episode was brought to you by Crestworth Capital. If you're a busy professional and ready to make passive income from real estate investing, then go to crestworthcapital.com where you'll be able to download a free copy of our ebook to help you get started today. Until next week, happy investing.